All right. Uh, you ready to do this? I'm ready. All right. Let's do this. Trekaholic. Trekaholic, another Star Trek podcast, uh, slipping it in, our competition. Hey, welcome back to Trekaholic, another Star Trek podcast. I'm Albie. And I'm Matt. We have Matt Dale again, uh, second time on the on our show talking about Lower Decks. We're talking about season one, episode nine, Crisis Point, or the homage to Star Trek movies. What? So, so glad to be back to be talking about this one. What did what I did, bit what, your hand off to talk about this one? Yes, I, I'm I'm glad you did. I'm I'm having trouble getting people to be on the uh, be on the show. Talk to me about this. Um, I I really enjoyed this one. What did what was your first impressions of this? Like when you got done with episode nine, Crisis Point, were you what, what were your thoughts? Were you like, oh, this rocked, or was it uh, all the way through, or did you were you disappointed? Let me know. What, what do you think about it? In a word, squee, squee. It, it, it was wall to wall squee. I, I, so I was a little bit worried before Lower Deck started that it was going to be a bit in-jokey and it was going to hang a little bit too much off the references and new fans wouldn't get it. And here we have the most in-jokey reference-laden <laughs> episode they could have done. And I loved it. I didn't want to love it. If I'd have known going into it what it was going to be, I'd have been prepared to hate um, I had no idea, and as they started laying out one homage after another, I just fell more and more in love with it. Um, such such a, a fun episode for fans. For me, I loved it. It was a perfect balance of new and uh, references. And yes. uh, I, I love that they were references that I got. Uh, yeah. Mike McMahon seems to be, you know, one of us. And, uh, when he's producing the show, I don't know. I don't think he wrote this script. He wrote the next one. Um, but, uh, when, when they tell those jokes and you're just like, uh, you go, Oh yeah, that's it. That's it. It, it like, I'm enjoying the episode, but I'm also enjoying the memory of the thing that they're referencing. If that makes sense. Right. And it, it makes you feel included, like you're part of the, of the family of the writing team. Like they're speaking directly to you because you've got this little private joke that just you and them and a couple of billion other people are going to get. It's just this, this little private private set of jokes um, that you can connect to. And yeah, you, you mentioned that and yeah, I, I went straight for the references, but you, you make a really good point. It, it was a really good episode that was completely enjoyable on its own right. But um, those those feelings of being a, a kid and a teenager for me when when all these films were coming out um, just all came flooding back, uh, which was just made me feel all warm and Christmassy inside. <laughs> I, I got the same feeling. It, it really is like a Christmas happy, like your opening presents yeah. every time they do make a reference. And uh, you, you mentioned it's a small club. Like, I wonder, like this show is definitely meant for people that like us that have seen almost, if not all, every, every episode of Star Trek and multiple yeah. times to just remember these things. I'm sure there's people out there that, you know, like sports and know like baseball scores or something like that. But uh, we have all these uh, memories of, 
the 700 episodes of Star Trek and when, when they mention something and now the movies, that it's great that they, I think they pretty much hit almost every movie or at least almost every movie, uh, Star Trek movie trope, you know, cause, uh, that's yes. another thing watching this episode crisis point is that I realized, which I hadn't realized before that so many Star Trek movies have similar, plots situations i was like oh is that from or is that from hey they did that in four movies you know that kind of thing so i don't know um i i I liked it so uh, i heard you're uh off topic but uh you're watching uh westworld now yes yeah i'm um I'm about halfway through the first season. Oh, okay. um, I, I have heard no spoilers. Mm-hmm. Um, managed to go in very spoiler free. It's uh, it started the year that my son was born, so it was one of those shows that looked really good. But I just had other stuff going on. Yeah, it's um, it, it's hard to pay attention to TV and raise a kid at the same time. Yes, yeah, but um, yeah, I'm, I'm now at that point. I'm I'm really. This year, mm-hmm. now now my kid has kind of got a um, he's got his routine sorted out. I'm getting a bit of my life back, and this whole year I've been watching like all the Marvel comic universe, uh, Marvel Cinematic Universe mm-hmm. films. Um, I've blitzed my way through the Good Place over the last couple of months. Now doing Westworld. It's basically everything from 2016 up. I'm I'm finally finding time for. I started that very recently, but I had to go back like eight years. Yes. <laughs> so I'm yes. going back and, you know, he- hearing recommendations and stuff. I uh, We kind of are doing it in reverse because I finished Westworld not too long ago, which I loved the whole thing. Yeah. And uh, I won't spoil it for you. And But in the future, you might realize I'm actually spoiling it for you. But um, the I just started watching The Good Place with my daughter. So uh, really like oh, it. Oh, wow. I'm on the beginning or no, episode six of season two. Okay, is where I'm right. at, and uh, I did not see the surprise ending of season one coming at all. Uh, Serenity did; that was her guest the whole time. And like at wow. the at the end of season one, I was mind blown because I I I thought she could be right, but I didn't think so. But when they actually like pulled the trigger on that, she was like, "I knew it," and I was like, "Whoa!" But uh, I'm enjoying it, it. It's one of those shows. It it reminds me of exactly how I felt about Last Man on Earth where I watched the first episode and thought, well, this is great, but there's no way they can keep this going because it's such a simple, small idea. Mm-hmm. And then they just keep layering and layering and layering and then twisting off in different directions. And I'm halfway through the fourth season at the moment, and it hasn't let up. Oh, wow. It's just, it's a very different show now than when it started. It, it, yeah. I, after the end of season one, I was like, how are they going to keep going for three more seasons? I have no idea. And everybody that I uh, talked to about it, uh, told me I'll love it and it's got a great ending and everything's yeah. great. So I'm looking forward to it. Uh, I hope you enjoy Westworld. Uh, but it, it's fun when you get to watch a episode at late at night, a uh, like of a uh, movie uh, show like Westworld or something. Did you go back yeah. and watch the movie? I did that before I watched the series. I, I maybe should have done that. I last saw that when I was um, quite young. So it's been a, been a long time since I've seen the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I'll, I'll go back and watch that. And I've never seen Future World, so I'll, I'll give that a go as well. Yeah, uh, Westworld, the movie, it's it's similar but different, not necessary to watch. But if you do watch it, there are a couple references that like uh, when you're watching the series, you go, oh, that's cool. Mm-hmm. But other than that, you could miss it. I didn't yeah. enjoy the the movie as much as the series, but um, I'm really yeah. liking uh, Rachel Evan Wood. I think her name is uh, plays Dolores yeah. Abernathy. Oh, I wanted to show you. This isn't my Trek and Tell, but 
I got a Dolores That's Abernathy so plush. Cute. Yeah. So That's lovely. That's pretty cool. Thank you for sharing that. <laughs> All right. Um so uh are you ready to watch Lower Decks season 1 episode 9? Crisis I feel like I'm me. always ready to watch it. I think this is this is going to be one of my go-to episodes for many years. All right. Uh I can't wait and uh let me get that queued up. All right. And uh, we'll start in three, two, one, start. On view screen. All right, TV 14. They, they, they said the B word one or two times. Whoops. Mine wasn't on mute. I didn't pick go. up on that. Okay. I, um, I almost feel with the theme of this episode that I, I should have got some popcorn ready. But right? I think this... Uh, uh, it would have called audio problems. It would have been annoying, but <laughs> it, it, it feels like it's a 27-minute movie. It does, it, and they fit so much in it. They could have definitely stretched it to a 90-minute movie, I'm sure. Yeah. Uh, this, right away, uh, I noticed it looked like uh, Next Generation episodes, first season, Lonely Among Us. Yes. With the yeah. uh, what Antikins and something with an S. Sedians or something? Yeah, I should have looked that up before this. Yeah. yeah. The the only thing is the lizard people that are raised for food look different. And I think the who eats who is reversed in the next gen. So they might not even be that race. I'm yeah. not sure. Um, I found out in one of the behind the scenes that all these like uh, background actors are actually like people that work on the show that animated themselves to be in the background. Nice. Yeah. Which I oh, I'm know. so pleased to hear that. Mm-hmm. Again, it just shows that they're, they're fans. Mm-hmm. So they're, she tries to stop them from eating other people. And I really thought it was funny uh, how the captain uh, resolves the situation. And all they wanted was, what, nutrient pellets? pellets? Yeah. So. What do I, you th- I'm so pleased this... Um, this, this really plays with the next generation's uh, obsession with the Prime Directive, which gets broken every other week. Every other week. Well, but, Kirk was famous for the, that the too, right? Very little interference. Mm-hmm. The mother and daughter relationship, it's its pretty good. But yes. uh, th- th- this whole thing of Beckett trying to figure out, or we're trying to figure out what Beckett's deal is. Uh, but she's definitely rebellious for some reason. Yeah. I don't know. But uh, wouldn't most uh, Star Trek episodes, there'd be somebody on, on hand to, like, uh, try to stop uh, people from being eaten? But, but I liked how they said, we are delicious, though. Yeah. They look it. Mm-hmm. What are some things uh, uh, in this episode that you noticed that are from the movies? That, like, you really enjoyed? Um... I don't know, even watching it through a second time, I was still just watching out for all the movie references. Mm-hmm. Um, you, you picked up, I mean, the, the main theme of this, at least for me, is the, the mother-daughter relationship, and, and that, that really comes out in this episode a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, that, was, that was really nicely handled. Um, there's, I, I guess the, the whole episode is exploring the different relationships. Mm-hmm. The... Um, uh, oh, I see. This is where I've got to refer to the names. Um, Rutherford and Rutherford. the chief engineer, his mm-hmm. his little his man crush that he's got going on mm-hmm. there. Um, you know, all of that really comes out, I guess, because 
they're able to do the Barclay thing and yeah. interact with these characters in a way that they can't do in real life. So there's a lot more honesty, which is great. <laughs> oh, I love this guy. The bird therapy <laughs> uh, therapist. He, he's actually played by the guy who is the co-host to Tawny Newsom on the official Star Trek podcast right now. I'm not sure of his name. Oh, wow. And I don't know if it's on there, but uh, I thought it was funny. Different food metaphors. I was trying to think of new food metaphors, but I think he used them all. Yeah, I mean, he uses some pretty extreme ones. So you're being a bit of a pineapple. It's, uh, he, he runs out. Yeah, uh, eventually. shot Da Vinci. <laughs> <laughs> when I saw Da Vinci, I was like, yes! the Totally like a Voyager reference. It's weird yeah. that they're shooting, but I guess they're skeet shooting, right? Yeah. Uh, I really like uh, Tindy in this episode, too. Yeah. I, I kind of want the uh, generic pirate Tindy poster or action figure or uh, figurine, maybe. And it's um, it, it's nice they reference the... I'm not sure it's common enough to be a, a trope, but the, the Star Trek thing of having alien races that are all exactly the same until they introduce a regular like Worf or Quark or Nog, and then suddenly it's like, oh, oh yeah, we've... We haven't been pirates for at least five years. <laughs> yeah, the whole monoculture. Uh, and uh, yes. that uh, the humans are still a little bit racist when it comes to other cultures. Yeah. So, yeah, so it's like nice they're all pirates. They're all taking slaves. And I like how uh, Tindy's kind of trying to go along with it, but she's bothering her. But she finally says yeah. something. Yeah. Uh, it, it's crazy how fast she writes uh, the yes. script. But like she like she said, the computer fills in the rest. So she probably just put in some, you know, put in some points like create a program capable of defeating data. I I almost feel like that's uh, that should be a dig at the movies for being just like very quickly written and slapdash. But then the next 20 minutes is done with such love for the films. Mm -hmm. You realize that's not the case. And yay, Star Trek Two opening. Yeah, and that's funny it's, that they have to duck because they're in the movie. So I always wondered about that when you're like reliving a, a movie in the in the holodeck. Uh, what happens to the credits? I guess this is it. <laughs> this is what happens. It's cool that uh, the the people in it are their character names. So yeah, Carol Freeman. Nobody calls me Carol. Call me mom. I'm going to say that the the soundtrack for this episode is probably my favorite reference yeah. out, out of everything it's a lot of star it's trek too right so on point yeah and it's perfect too i even yeah. down to the movie detail of like the starfield behind them slightly turning as it goes you know yes. different things it just gives you that feeling of being watching a star trek film yeah i like how boimler calls the captain 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 a couple times it's yeah. funny hmm huh. I'm starting to learn oh, his name. Hmm? He, he's he's the last name I'm I'm still learning, which is Thrax or Strax. Shax. No. Shax. Shax. Yeah, he's always got a bad attitude, but he seems like a good guy. Yeah, he's fun. Hmm. Uh, had you ever been on one of those uh, jet skis? God, no. What a terrifying <laughs> idea. It is terrifying. I did go on one once, and it was in a lake here in Florida. It wasn't on the ocean because I'm afraid of sharks. 
Um, yeah. but, uh, yeah, I turned too quickly and it flipped, I flipped over end over end, like cartwheeling on top of the water and the thing cartwheeled also luckily not on top of me another direction, but I, I wouldn't recommend it. Yeah. That, that sounds absolutely terrifying. Everything in this episode, even when she says we just, uh, got some upgrades and I'm sure we're up to the task, you know, every movie, they just get some upgrades, you know? Yes. Yeah. And then, uh, this whole next sequence, the the motion picture flyby, <laughs> scares me. That was so funny. Uh, Rennie actually got it when she was watching it. She cause, wow, good for her. Yeah, you know, she watches Star Trek with me, with me a lot. So, and yeah. you know, like at first, she's like, "Oh, that's nice, it's pretty," and then she kept looking and started laughing <laughs> and laughing because it's so long. I was like, "Yeah, that's." But it's, uh, the shot that I'm, I'm using as my backdrop ah, yeah, is, yeah. is so it's perfectly motion picture. They, they have that very shot with the, that one, yep. with the light just coming Lights. straight through and the, and then they add the, the radial flare. flares coming out. And then, uh, what's his name? Uh, Billford or something him right there, the mustache guy, the engineer yeah. and how he's crying. And like, he's just sobbing every time he sees it. It's just so funny. Yeah. Uh, from, uh, what I saw on, uh, the behind the scenes, um, Mike McMahon actually had to ask for a little bit more money to make this scene actually longer with more shots. <laughs> Just because the longer it goes, the funniest it, it, it funnier it is. It really is. I know it. It, it seems like it's such a waste of time, but it's, yeah, <laughs> as it keeps going on, you think this has to end now. Yeah, it's brilliant. Are there any movie references that you wish that was in it that you didn't see? I can't really think of any. Um. I could definitely have done with some calm, mm. but um, uh, yeah. Did they reference the Wrath of Khan at all? I don't know. I don't think so. Oh, well, the uh, Beckett Mariner, her character was kind of Khan esque, where she was just yeah. She, but also like uh, what the guy from Nemesis and was, shit, yeah, Shinzon, Shinzon and, of um, Remus. Or, and uh, all of the Shakespeare quoting was very Star Trek. So and then wasn't there a Shinzon too from uh, uh, Star Trek 2009? What was his name? The same basic character. Oh, uh, yeah. That wants to have Spock watch Vulcan explode. <laughs> lens flares. Yeah, lens flares everywhere. Yeah. And I'm trying to figure out if the. The ship being very dark is mm-hmm. is a requirement for the lens flares to work, or if it's a bit of a subtle generations reference. Ah, oh, maybe the unusually uh, the unusual light darkness soft, but of it. I don't know if they could have done the lens flares with the bright ship. So maybe I'm reading too much into it. It is it is difficult to get lens flares working correctly. That I know. Yeah. Um. So, do you think this will what this is what movies will be like in the future? I think pretty much like immersive movies. Yes. I'm, I'm, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm totally getting into, uh, VR. Mm-hmm. Um, like I'm not much of a gamer, so the, I've got an Oculus quest and the games that I like tend to be the ones that are kind of very storyline driven and ones where you can't actually get killed and you just kind of get taken along the story and it's a bit interactive. I love that. Mm-hmm. That balance, kind of like the, the interactive movies, almost. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I Immortal was a, a really good one. I like, I like those. I don't like when I'm playing a game and I get stuck on something for hours. It just seems torture, torturous. Yes. Yeah. 
I like to know that like right this is a this is like gonna be a two hour experience, mm-hmm. but I can like I can pull on levers and press on things and shampoo. Do, do a few bits we lost shampoo right away. That was very sad. Great uh, Star Trek two um, mm-hmm. disintegration. Yes, uh, they keep doing it too. Yeah. Yeah, which yeah, complete overuse of it, which mm-hmm. then as as well gets funny just through its repetition. Was the Borg head from something? I'm trying to think. I, I was trying to figure out if that was just generally mm-hmm. calling from um, first contact, but yeah, probably first I don't contact. Think specifically, yeah, it was Borg. Yeah, I guess it's the whole thing. His uh, shields were still working, so that that's a good idea to use his head as a shield. Yeah. I like this call back to an earlier episode uh, where he did the one man show, and yeah, I, I Beckett must have programmed that in to happen. I'm thinking somehow, <laughs> and the whole thing stops okay. because the cape gets caught. Uh, I think every the, huh, all all the lighting in this is just. Mm-hmm. So cinematic. Mm-hmm. It's definitely like a movie. Like if, if Lower Decks did a movie, I think it might look like this. I don't know. Yeah. Now I want a Lower Decks movie. That that was my first thought when I was done watching this episode. Yes. I also want to see, did I imagine it or did I, did I read somewhere that one of the voice actors from Lower Decks was going to show up in a live action Star Trek. Oh, uh, Star Trek Day, they were talking about, Mike McMahon was talking about doing a crossover, or Alex Kurtzman was, or something, with the animated and the, and, uh, oh, Strange New Worlds, because of Jerry O'Connell and uh, his wife, both being in a series. That would be great. Yeah. Uh, So, uh, the captain is allergic (laughs) to chocolate. Yes. I was allergic to We're chocolate. Not no, when I was a kid, I was allergic to chocolate, but not anymore. No. Luckily, I outgrew it. Uh, yeah, it was weird. Yeah. Anytime I ate chocolate, like 10 minutes later, I had a bloody nose and hives, too. It was weird. Oh, wow. Yeah. And the doctor just said, hello, grow it. And like, like every couple of years, I tried chocolate. And one time I wasn't allergic anymore. And I was like, sweet. Good for you for persevering. It's important <laughs> thing to persevere with. Uh, this is an interesting scene in a storyline. Uh, now, is is this just like a admiration of uh, the chief engineer's uh, ability, or is it more like a personal uh, admiration? Is what I'm asking. What do you think? I don't know, but I just I, oh that graphic. It's mm-hmm. so six, like, I guess. Yeah, two. I was thinking two six, two or six, because three yeah. and four they're on the Klingon bird of prey, right? There's a, I mean, I guess although this is referencing a lot of the films, mm. the, there's a real um, two slash six vibe to mm. it. Those are those are uh, two six and eight. I think are my favorites. Yeah, all of them. Those are the best. Well, the, the big action packed ones. Yeah, Borghead. Uh, I, I see that being an action figure. Beckett Mariner holding up a Borghead, and then Walmart yeah. will yeah. Uh, recall them, and they won't. They'll take them off the shelves. I don't know, blood everywhere. <laughs> Tindy is just not into this. She's like, eh, it's a little too violent for me. I'm, I'm not Bless her. Yeah. Would have been, um, in terms of movie tropes, would have been good to do the uh, destruct countdown yeah. somewhere. Or, or have the password 
That's what, yeah. what is it? The, the really dumb destruct countdown with the buzzword zero zero zero, zero destruct, destruct zero. zero. Nobody could have figured that out. He didn't have too much yeah. time to make up. I like the passwords that data makes up that take two minutes to say. Yes. Yes. So I some people are like this. They play the video games where they just kill everybody all the time. I, I don't like those. I to me that's right. not fun killing people. I'd rather like figure out a mystery of who done it or something like that. Right. I'm playing a Sherlock game right now on uh, the 360. Nice. Yeah. I like when she walks out of the holodeck. It's it's 16 by 9, but she looks back into the holodeck and it's like anamorphic. Uh, I so, didn't, I, I'm going to have to go back and watch that again. I didn't spot that. I only saw it on like the third or fourth time I watched it. And I was like, so if they're standing in the holodeck, literally they can't see below their waist and uh, too much above their head, I think. I don't know. But I thought nice. that I thought that was a really cool decision that they made. And she's like, I don't even know you. You are the bad guy. It's funny that even uh, antagonists think they're the protagonists of their own story, right? Yeah. Yeah. That is a cool ship design. Yeah. Her blowing up her own ship, Beckett blowing up her own ship, that is kind of maybe a Star Trek II reference. Yeah. But, but she's not on the ship with it, half-melted. This is what, Star Trek three ish Right? Or is it two? When, when does uh, the original Enterprise get destroyed? I think I was three. thinking, kind of has a bit of a Generations feel to me with yeah, the at this part. section and separating off and going through the Yeah, that's definitely woods. that's definitely Generations. But then some 1941 mixed in, like when the Ferris wheel was rolling yeah. down. So you have one of those over there by you, don't you? Big Ferris wheel. What do they call that? The London yeah. Eye or something? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's <laughs> close by, yeah. I by your standards, yeah, it's just up the road. It's just up the road, yeah. By Baker Street, by where you live. All right. This, oh, and this, the, the, the main ship getting uh, torn apart, so there's cables hanging down everywhere. Yeah. That's that's several movies. Yeah, also Generations 2, like at the end, but there wasn't really a big fight at the end. The, the yeah. shaky catwalk, I was like, is that from uh, Generations or was that from Nemesis? Both, I guess, right? Oh, see, yeah, I, I went straight for Generations, but you're right. Yeah, so yeah. there's so many things that they repeat over and over again. That and, and I had no idea until I watched this and tried to place the references. Yeah. Oh, that's <laughs> So she fights her mom. So, so this is therapy for her, but she didn't realize yeah. it. Uh, my daughter realized it halfway through the episode. She's like, oh, this is therapy, she said. So she's ahead of me. I guess she's got a quicker brain. But You've been raising her right. Yeah. I, well, uh, when when stuff happens, she asks, and I explain to her like the, why they write it like this and what it's for. So she pays attention more than I do, I guess. Yeah, uh, I think sometimes it's, it's difficult as an adult. Sometimes you, you, you get sucked into the action. And the analytical part, he just switches off. But mm -hmm. kids are always analytical. If you give them the tools, so this is the kind of stuff to watch out for. They'll watch out mm -hmm. for it. I intentionally try to not analyze it while I watch it because I want to enjoy it. You know, that's yeah. what the next times are for. So yeah. I, I thought it was interesting that the saucer section was on its edge. So like the whole set's on its side. Because I don't think I've seen that anywhere in Star Trek. Have you? Like, that's new to me. So no. that, that's something they brought new to it, I think. But they still had the battle at the end. Yeah. 
<laughs> Double block. I like how the end start in, in this series, at least they, they, when they're doing their moves, even uh, when Ransom does his moves, he like calls out what movie's doing kind of like, um, yeah. uh, um, uh, Austin Powers. All right. Yeah. So, yeah, this is good. But yeah, this, this is, this is great. It's all coming out. Mm-hmm. And it's, she's upset um, that she was recreated on the holodeck. Everybody seems to be okay yeah. with everybody else being recreated on the holodeck. But when they're recreated on the holodeck, not so much. Yeah. Yeah, this is definitely Generations. Like after, yes. After yeah, this. just everyone kind of walking around looking a bit lost. <laughs> That's cute. I like, I like how he's able to tell him how he feels. Yeah. And then to Anna, I wasn't sure what she said at first. I had to rewind it a couple times. So I think she just says the F word. But not the derogatory one, but the but just the general one. Yeah, I um I haven't watched this with subs, but I was wondering what yeah, she said. It was a little too close for me, but I, I had to rewind it and check. <laughs> She's got the yeah. easiest job, I think, on the show. She says like one line per show, maybe two. Yeah. They definitely need to do an episode all about her and the in the uh, next season. I hope so. Well, she's very memorable. I'll let you say she gets a line in an episode, but she's very memorable. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Me, I'd be like, turn off, uh, turn on safety protocols. I guess the safety protocols are on though, right? I, I guess you can get beat up, just not killed. I don't know how that works. There might be other levels. Yeah. And she outsmarted herself. By letting herself get beat up for the destruct to happen. Yeah. But that is a the Star Trek movie trope too, all the ships exploding and stuff. Yes. Yeah, that's that's the time to get rid of the ships. <laughs> What's your favorite enterprise? Uh D. D, yeah. I like D better than E. E's cool looking, but D is awesome. That's the thing. I find E looks very cool it's like it, it's been designed for a movie with lots of detail lots of bits um but it doesn't give me that that warm fuzzy feeling that that d does mm-hmm. uh we're all about the d both of us yeah <laughs> i don't know what you've been reading online but... <laughs> i don't cyber stalk you <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> It's weird that the chief engineer uh, uh, disappears after everybody else. I wonder why. I don't know why. I'm trying to read into that more than anything. I'm sure that happens though. Sometimes when they turn when they turn holodeck programs off, bits disappear at different rates just to look arty. Yeah, that's true. It would almost look too fake if they did it all at once. Yeah. 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 Almost like the opposite of when you're playing a video game with not great graphics where stuff just kind of appears as it can. Yeah. Yes. It's nice that they actually, for a show that's generally quite lightweight, this is quite a serious moment. Yeah. The the kind of the, um, the, like you said earlier, the the monoculture thing, Mm. which, which is a, that's a very real life, issue 
Yeah. Um, well, I'm sure that happens because like like I was said before, you know, I think you live on Baker Street and drink tea every day. And I'm sure you think, yeah. uh, I guess what American tropes we, we eat are McDonald's with guns and we hate people. But yes. we're, we're not all like that. <laughs> uh, this guy, yeah. ethical pickle. <laughs> it's cool that the ship's counselor is a bird. It, it reminds me of, uh, was it fam- Family Guy or one of those shows? Maybe Futurama? Futurama, where they had the chicken lawyer? I don't know Futurama that well. There's oh. definitely there's a giant chicken in Family Guy. Okay, yeah, um, well, the fighting one. But I'm thinking of the southern chicken yeah. lawyer, so that's probably Futurama. And then Boimler yeah. hears that uh, she's Beckett's mom. I wonder yeah. why they kept it secret. Why do you think they kept it secret? Hey, it's that. Is there someone wearing a visor there? I've never noticed that. Yeah, she's been in many episodes uh, wearing a visor. Really? Yeah, and just uh, shot here or there, uh, which is cool. Cute. So she doesn't have the cloned implants. She just uh, r- rather wear the visor. <laughs> <laughs> so do you think this will change um, Beckett Mariner's character at all? I don't know. They, I mean, they've, they've got to. They've got to talk more about this. Mm-hmm. I, sorry, I'm just. I I love this scene because this is <laughs> this is every job interview I've ever done. Right. Like, what can I not say? <laughs> and then he says it, and then he runs away, trips over the chair, and yeah. she, she she figures didn't he, he didn't. For an and again, yeah, I over prepare for interviews and then say completely mm-hmm. the wrong thing and make it look like I didn't. I'm the opposite. <sighs> Uh, when when they did this, I was like, "Oh, this is so cool!" Like Star Trek uh, Three, the search for Spock, but but then Da Vinci, not on my watch, not on Da Vinci's watch. Wink. Yep. Oh, the oh. signatures! I I jumped out of my chair when I saw this. Yeah, it was so Star and Trek again, Six. The music. Yeah, it's perfect. It's absolutely perfect. When uh, and I don't think I love this as part of Lower Decks necessarily as much as my memory of the end of Star Trek Six. Yeah, when we knew that would be the last original cast movie, and they all signed it, and we all cried. I cried many times. Yeah, it's always great to go to Star Trek movies in a movie theater. Remember those? Uh, yeah, vaguely. And you see like uh, thirty fat middle aged guys just crying because <laughs> that's what we do. Um, next week looks are good. Yes. Yeah, that's pretty exciting. Exocomp! Yeah. Peanut Exocomp hand. Exocomp with a little Starfleet uniform on. Yep. Uh, she's definitely in medical, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> I like how Tindy's just so happy and excited for everything. That's that's how I want to yeah. be most of the time. So, that was an episode, wasn't it? That was an episode. Was that Gary Cole listed in the guest cast? I don't know. Who is Gary Cole? I know Gary Coleman, um, but he's not around anymore. No, Gary Cole is. Uh, I mean, he does um, a bunch of audio, a bunch of voiceover work. So I wouldn't be surprised oh. to see his name. He's like on the does, Doctor um, Who uh, audio dramas or something. No, no, no. I mean, like American, like Family Guy and stuff like that. Oh, he, okay, he okay. Um, he is. I I know him best from Midnight Caller and American Gothic. Think, uh, things I haven't watched Office yet. Space. Oh, Office hmm? Space. That's awesome. Who was he in Office Lumberg. Space? Bill Lumberg. The uh, the guy that needed the TPS reports? Yes. Awesome. Or the other one that was a different Lumberg. 
All right, that was uh, that was an episode. I, I think they're getting better and better as they go. I really do. Yeah, it, it's been such a strong season so far. Um, I hope they they can keep it going because there hasn't been there hasn't been a bad one yet. Which I don't think I've seen an entire season of Star Trek where I genuinely put my heart and say that. I love even bad Star Trek, but I can yeah. accept that there is some bad Star Trek. Yeah, there are some episodes that I cringe uh, when they're coming up. Like I mentioned the, the Exocomp. Uh, what's that episode? I forget the title of it. Uh, quality of Life. Quality of Life, yes. I usually get that yeah. uh, confused with other episodes. Um, but uh, like, I don't hate it, but when it's coming up, I'm like, i got to watch that one again. Yeah. You know? So there are a couple episodes I dislike for real, like Masks and Too Short a Season. So, you know, uh, see, I, I quite like masks, but I know it's not. A you do? Model. Maybe I should watch it again. I don't know. I, I, I don't. <laughs> it's like I like Shades of Grey as well. But if someone said to me, oh, maybe I should give Shades of Grey. Go, no, no, I just don't. No, no. It, it's fine. It's just me. I know. I think the problem with Shades of Grey was it was a clip show in the beginning of the second season. Is that right? Or the middle? End of the second season. End of the yeah, second it's... season. So there wasn't really many clip shows. It was that not whole like, um, uh, you ever see Clerks, the animated series? Yes, and they just the second episode is a yep. clip show. Second episode is a clip show, and how it starts off. The first episode was previously on Clerks, and it's just like the color bars. Yeah, yeah, great, great show. Anyway, but uh, it, it was just too early for a clip show. I don't know if Star Trek ever did any other clip shows, did they? No, but they were they were desperate then. I mean, that was writer strike. Yeah, writer strike. So, and they had to do twenty six. Could you imagine people still doing twenty six? I mean, we're we're we we're used to ten, eleven, twelve episodes now. Yeah, I I have this out with you guys, you, you Americans all the time. When years ago, <laughs> you guys used to mock us for our, our six-episode, ten-episode seasons in the UK. Mm-hmm. And now, it's what you call an event series. You guys are doing it all the time. <laughs> like, yeah, we invented the stupidly short season. Oh, there was a joke on um, The Good Place about that, how uh, it's been on for like 30 years and there's almost... 20 episodes now or something yes. something like that yeah i was like oh that's so funny i don't know i hear sherlock's coming back is that true are they filming by you is it i haven't i, yeah. I don't follow sherlock but oh, um, really it's I a have... good show i guess yeah that'd be like me watching cowboy movies or something i don't know no i, I i've been recommended it by british friends oh yeah it's great that's it's good. great like really yeah. good and then one season takes place in the past which is really cool Maybe one episode. I'm not sure. Like in the original Sherlock Holmes days. Oh, uh, yes. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. So, but good stuff. Yeah, it was a special. So, wow. That was an episode. We have one more episode to go after this, which is called... That I don't know. <laughs> Something stupid. No small parts. No small parts. So maybe referring to the Exocomp. I don't know. Or maybe the Lower Decks people. Yeah, maybe this one is Crisis maybe Point. Both. Crisis Point is that uh, something to do with uh, just movies in general, or Star Trek movies, or is it just I don't know what it's referring to really, other than just yeah, like a title. It's title. meaningless, surely. Yeah, almost like a title for the title's sake. Yeah, it's it's like the um, the Doctor Who spoof, Curse of Fatal Death. It's it's just you know about that. Nope, I'm gonna have to watch that. It's uh, it's really good, and yeah, the, the title is just because it's a very generic Doctor Who title. Hmm. The Curse of Fatal Death. It just sounds like a title that could be a Doctor Who. Yeah. Thing. Yeah. So when is Doctor Who coming back? You kind of know a little bit about Doctor Who. Um, 
They are. They still next year officially. Um, last rumor I heard was the spring, but I don't know if they're actually even filming yet. So I think there'd be a struggle to get to the spring. Oh yeah, a whole global pandemic and all that. That yeah, that whole thing. <laughs> oh, that whole thing. Yeah. It's really messed with TV production. Yeah, so, but... I mean, it's messed with a lot of other things, but just uh, in terms of what we're talking about here, there's, yeah, a lot of my favorite TV shows have been postponed or... Switched to animated. Yeah. <laughs> that, that, that'd be good. Yeah, well, I guess animation can still go because people work at home. Yeah. So you can do your voices at home, you can do your artwork at home. I guess exactly. the rendering at home, too. Uh, did you hear the news about... Um, Captain Janeway's coming back for Prodigy. Yes. Kate Mulgrew. I, I saw that. I was so excited. Yeah. And I when I saw the headline, I thought, okay, great. They've, they've got us to do, come and do a couple of lines. Like when they said Jonathan Frakes is coming back to Picard. Right. And everyone got really excited and went, oh, that means he's going to be um, Picard's second in command and he's going to be a regular throughout the whole show. And I'm like, no, he, it's going to be a cameo. And it yeah. basically was a glorified cameo. But yeah. then I read the interview and it looks like she's actually... The way she's talking about it, she's talking about coming back and yeah, like, uh, you're the main characters. I saw a video with uh, her and uh, Kurtzman, and uh, they were t- and the two other writers or showrunners of the show Prodigy, and uh, it looks like she's the captain for the kids in every episode. It looks like she's the lead right now. Because yeah. they, they sent her four scripts or something, and they already recorded a bunch, and they're working on it. So, and nope. she's seen animatics of it already. So. Was that your uh, Echo Dot or mine? Uh, it was mine. <laughs> I wonder what it said. What did I say? What did you say? Alexa, stop. Alexa, stop. <laughs> you call her Alexa? I try to call her computer, but then I keep calling her Alexa. Yeah. I go back and forth. She's she's too dumb to be computer yet. One, yeah, once she's getting there, though. Yeah. Maybe if I, only they had the voice of Majel Barrett, that would be... I understand she recorded a uh, whole bunch of sounds that they can make anything out of. So I would definitely yeah. pay pay for that pack, 30 bucks maybe. Yes. Yeah, that would be great. So uh, Actually, I'd, I would prefer it. Now, I, I don't know if I'd prefer a, the kind of the decent next generation, et cetera, voice, or if I'd want my Alexa to actually downgrade and sound like the original Enterprise working. Yeah, that would be I, cool I too. I kind of like that. Just, then, just like, you know, Alexa, turn the TV on. <laughs> Working. <laughs> Ten minutes later, comes to life. Uh, I like the new voice on uh, Disco also. She's pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. She's pretty good. Yeah. Uh, in this episode, it was, wasn't it, that uh, Tendi said, oh, can I be the computer voice? Because I think she does play the computer voice. Or am I wrong with that? Oh. Uh, I did I didn't. Uh, pick I, up I on could that. be wrong, but maybe I read that or heard that somewhere. I'm not sure. I'm trying to look. I'm, I'm two guys look at IMDb. It doesn't say on on, on IMDb that she is. No, nothing on um, memory alpha. Yeah, I think you might have just been imagining it, but it that, that would happens. Be very cool. That really does happen. Maybe it's just because yeah. I saw it in the, this episode so many times. It's funny that she wanted to be the computer voice. Yeah. So, are you excited for Prodigy? Something to watch with your kid? Um. I think it's going to be totally kid friendly. Yeah, and that 
that makes me a little bit concerned that I'm not going to enjoy it. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I'm not, not one of these people that gets annoyed at shows that aren't directly aimed at them. You know, yeah, that's a good point. If, if, if I end up feeling like Prodigy is the weakest of the Star Trek family, it's fine. It's not meant for me. Um, whether, whether Zach will enjoy it, I don't know. I'll give it a go. Give it a go with him. Yeah, uh, how old is Zach now? He's um, he's nearly four. Nearly four. And I've okay. got him to watch. He, he's watched some Star Trek original series, um, and and actually concentrated during it. That's cool. So, uh, I think he likes the bright colors. It is the bright colors. I think that's what got me into Star Trek when I was eight. Uh, I so, think Prodigy is uh, for eight up. That's yeah. the target audience, but it'll be kid friendly. But uh, I think uh, Kate Mulgrew was saying, but it's got so many levels that the uh, parents and grandparents will love it as well. So but that's the thing. If it's done, if it's done well, um, any kids show can be enjoyed by grown ups. Just because it's kid friendly doesn't mean it's only accessible to kids. Right. And, and one, one of my favorite TV shows at the moment is on. CBBS and it's meant for preschoolers, but I absolutely adore it. What is it? Uh, it's called Hey Dougie. Mm, I might have seen bits of it, but I don't. I don't know it. It's so good, and there's so much in there that only adults would get. Oh yeah, but it's totally kid friendly. So if they if they can evoke that kind of feeling, then cool. Um, but yeah, I'm still. I'm just. It, it's risky. Um, but as I say, it's a risk that if I think it doesn't pay off, who cares? Because I'm not the audience. Yeah, it's me. So I like it because it's Star Trek. So I'll just watch it and like it. And I, I don't dislike too much Star Trek. So uh, what do you think yeah. the weakest Star Trek series is? You mentioned if it is the weakest. Um, the one that I connect to the least um, is Deep Space Nine. Really? Wow. See, I love Deep Space Nine. But I but still like it. Yeah. It's still yeah. really good. <laughs> yeah, it's one of those things. The worst Star Trek is still good. Pretty good Star Trek. Yeah. Um, yeah. I at least connect to Disco, and I don't know why. So I um, have high hopes for season three. I um, Yeah, D- Disco, I, I felt the complete opposite to most people. I really enjoyed the first season as much as it was a bit patchworky. Uh, I really liked the first season, and then... The second season, when everyone seemed to sit up and go, wow, they finally got it sorted. I was like, it's not quite as good as the first <laughs> season, but okay, okay, it's good. Mm. I, I, I don't know. I just, for me, I tried to, because it's coming back pretty soon. So I tried to rewatch the first couple seasons, and I think I finally realized why I'm, I, I'm not a fan as much and it's like the main character michael burnham like i love the actress sonequa is great in everything and she's great at this character but the character seems to be written to not be liked you know because yeah she she is a part of that um shift that i i think has been going on in american tv ever since seinfeld and just growing and growing where it's like hey Let's let's have lead characters that you don't like, and mm. it's a tricky thing to pull off. And I've seen plenty of shows where I just think I don't like you, so why would I want to watch you? That's where I'm at because um, I like I like most of the characters. I like most of the storylines. It's just I like for Tilly. Tilly, I'm silly for Tilly, right? She's the best. Yeah, I can't wait to get a photo op with her post pandemic. Yeah, so you know we can see to the bottom of each other's faces. 
that'll be nice. But yeah, she's awesome. She just got married. So I don't know. I'm, I'm excited oh. for her. And of course, I, yeah. I, I like everybody else on the show. And yeah. like I said, I like Sonequa. I just don't like her character yet. But yeah, I get that. She's pr- uh, they, they said she's growing in, in the third season from what the, the struggle she goes through. So I'm hopeful. So. Hope, yeah, I don't know. But like, that being said, I still watch each episode three times and probably going to watch them each three more. Yeah. You know, it's just uh, I wish I loved it more than just really liked it. Yeah. So we got we got a not too much time before that starts. So that'll be fun to watch. Um, OK, uh, before we give our final ratings, uh, do you have a Trek and tell? I have. Yes, I have. All right. Uh, you want to go first or should I? I'll I'll, I'll take it away. I was just before the record, I, I did a very quick bit of research because I thought this thing I'm going to share is a promo item that was all over the place Ooh. back in the day. Oh, I hope it is I what thought, I think it is. Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> but I, I did a quick search and it looks like it only came out in Europe. Oh. Okay. So I was wondering if I show you this, if you're going to go like, oh, yeah, yeah, I, that, there was like a million of those, or if you're going to say, What's that? So, do you, do you know this? Uh, it's disappearing. Star Trek Generations, uh, is it a... Make it so? I don't know what that is. What is that? So this is... It, well, I don't know why I just opened it up. It's obviously a CD. Right. Um, this is but, a club remix of the Star Trek The Next Generation theme tune. Are you serious? With a sample of Patrick Stewart saying, Make it so... Really? Over it repeatedly. Is is um, is that like the one the the song that's on YouTube that I listened to a million times or is it different? Make it so. Make make, make 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 it so. Make 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 it so. That one? Uh possibly. Okay. That that sounds a bit like it, but that yeah, anything know. that samples make it so is probably gonna sound like that. <laughs> but yeah, um That's that, a good that point. came out in, in the UK to tie in with generations and as I say, just before the record, I just did a quick mm-hmm. search and I couldn't find any evidence it came out in the US. Um, yeah, I've never it's, seen it. It's it's really fun. And, is it like um, two songs? Does it have any like multimedia on it or anything? No, it's just it's got um, it's got make it so, make it so instrumental. So that's without <laughs> Patrick Stewart. Make it so club mix, club which mix. is extended. Wow. And then make it so club mix instrumental, which is extended without Patrick Stewart's voice on it. Featuring Ariana Grande. <laughs> if only. Um, that is pretty sweet, though. I, I might have to do some eBaying. Uh, so, yeah, it's um, it, because it was it was everywhere at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like it's a few quid on eBay. It's, um, it's dead cheap. I'm um, nodding like I understand how much that is. <laughs> I, I, <laughs> I don't know, $5, I don't know. $5? Okay. Um, I I remember at the time it was it was one of these things you could get it if you like um, if you bought a tabloid newspaper and collected tokens out of three issues oh. and sent it off postage and pack. It's one of those kind of things. Was it a mail-in like, quite... special or did could you buy it? It, it was mail-in, but okay. it was like it was available through multiple places. Like you could you could probably also get it if you went to the cinema a few times. You collect tokens there, or everyone was giving this away as a promotional item. Okay. one way or the other so it was yeah that year you just couldn't, couldn't move Very cool. copies of that that song. is a star trek cd i do not have uh i i do like star trek soundtracks uh first contact's really good 
Um, yes. And, uh, beautiful. Yeah, I love the theme tune to First Contact. Yeah, beautiful. Uh, I can hear it now just uh, thinking about it. Um, yeah. And yeah. Uh, Star Trek Four is really good. And uh, the Astral Symphony, I don't know if you have that one. That's really good. Yeah, that was um, Astral Symphony was the first Star Trek album I had. Me too, um, I think. I really, I think so. Yeah, it's, an, it's a nice collection. And I've heard it so many times that even like if I'm listening to the Star Trek Four soundtrack mm-hmm. and the chase through the hospital music mm-hmm. comes on. That's one of I, my favorites. Right, I play that on repeat for weeks. Next? Yep. Because I kind of, I... I hear the um, the track listing for Astral, Astral Symphony in my mm-hmm. head, mm-hmm. and it totally confuses me when I'm just listening to one of the film soundtracks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I love uh, Through the Hospital. Uh, yeah. That's a great one. Like, that that would be my theme song, I think. Uh, yeah. But that's pretty cool. I'm going to definitely eBay that after we get off uh, Zoom here and before I upload the video. <laughs> so not everybody's outbidding me. Yes, um, do it. Track it down. Okay, you ready for my Trek and Tell? Please, yeah. Ooh. Do you know what this is? Alarm clock? No, it's a 20 questions. I don't know if you're familiar with the <gasps> toy 20 questions, but oh, it's a I've, Star I've Trek. 20 yeah, yeah, it's a Star Trek 20 questions. So I figured we could play cool. it real quick. We can play it real quick if you want, if you will. Um, so this came out in 2009. It was one of the things... Um, when I, I bought all the, the Star Trek 2009 action figures and phasers and communicators and stuff, this was on the shelf next to them. So I got this as well. Yeah. Um, do, you, do you know how it works? 20 questions? Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, sure. Um, so think of something and we'll tr- see if it knows it, but it can't be past 2009 unless there's a way to update yeah, okay. the firmware. All right, I've got something. Okay. Um, okay, I'm going to ask you the questions. Ready? Yep. Are you ready? Yes. Is it a sentient being? Yes. Yes. Question two. Did it take the Starfleet Academy entrance? I think I know where this is going. Exam. Yes. Yes. Okay. Question three. Is it as commanding as Picard? What, like on the same level? I guess. I don't know. Is that like a personality trait or a rank? Yeah, I'd still say no. Okay, no. We're going to go with no. I'm thinking rank for the computer. Has it ever considered leaving the Enterprise? Assuming it's from the Enterprise? Right. I don't know. So it'd be a no if it wasn't. Yes. Yes. Okay. Question five. Is it always getting into trouble? No. No. Question six. Has Picard seen it? So that, that's... Yes. At, <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> this could be something to do with uh, Sub Rosa. I don't know. Yes, he has. Okay, question seven. Is it ranked higher than a lieutenant? Yes. Yes. Okay. Question eight. Does it stand out in a crowd? I'm guessing that means not too human, maybe? Yeah, I'm going to say no. Okay, we'll go with no. 
be assimilated or be destroyed? I think that's just a time killer. That's not a question. Question nine. Has it ever been married? Ooh. Yes. Does that count the books or not? I don't know. Yes. Okay. Question 10. I want to see if you're going to beat the computer. <laughs> oh, I haven't been paying attention. Would it know how, how to reamplify dilithium crystals? No. No, so it's not Scotty. I'm going to say Beverly Crusher, but that's not my guess. Is it usually with the landing party? Oh, I know you're thinking yeah. purple tricorder or tricorder with a purple stripe. Is it usually with the landing party? Yeah, I'm going to say yes. Yes. Yeah. Question 12. Do not light the candle. Oh, is it cute? So it's asking if it's Beverly or not. Is it cute? Oh, Tribble. Is it cute? Be, yeah, Tribble. Could what? Do. Is it cute? Oh, cute. Yeah, cute. <laughs> Again, if we're going with triple like cute, no. No, okay. Question 13. Not too many to go. Is it involved in a romantic, a romance with a crewmate? Yeah, at one point, yes. A couple of points, maybe. I'm, I'm going to guess Beverly. Uh, is it close to its family? Yes. Yes. Question 15. Does it have an interesting name? No. No. Does it have children? Yes. Yes. You couldn't be beat me ever. No, even if you... Violated the prime directive. Okay, so it thinks it's fighting words. <laughs> it thinks it knows what it is, maybe. Question 17. Has it ever used the holodeck? Uh, uh, yes. Yes. I think everybody has in the 24th oh, century. Like, anyway. Off the top of my head, I'm blanking, but okay, yeah. So it's not Barkley. Is it used in a in hand-to-hand combat? So it's not sure if it's person or object yet. Is yeah, it, that's, that's is an it, interesting question. It is. Late stage, no. No. So it's not Imagine, a though. <laughs> Imagine war picking <laughs> this person up. And... Is it frowned upon? Wait, okay. I missed. I was laughing at your uh, witticisms, and I missed the beginning of the question. Luckily, they repeat. Does it frown upon the use of weapons? Probably. Probably. Yeah, I'm going to say yes. Yes. Okay. Question 20. This is it. Would it make a good captain? That's that's quite subjective. Yeah, that is. Um, I... Uh, by 2009, I think yes. Okay. Based on what happens in Descent Part 2. I'm thinking, okay, Mr. Sulu, Sulu lock phasers on target. This is kind of like processing. Oh, I, th- I thought Mr. Sulu was the guest. No, I don't think so. 
It's Beverly Crusher. So it gets the same as, as me. As is quite often the case, I was thinking of Beverly Crusher. Always, right? Yeah. It got it. Pretty Who good. Who doesn't? Who doesn't? Yeah. Uh, it, sh- if we'd have played this 20 years ago, I would have definitely been thinking of Troy. Troy? Okay. Yeah. I've met both. Um I messed up the... Okay, here we go. Um, I've met both uh, Gates McFadden and Marina Sirtis multiple times. Uh, Marina Sirtis is very nice. I don't know if I ever told you a story, uh, but me and uh, Rennie Serenity went to see her at a local convention, and uh, we met her early in the day, did the uh, like photo photo op and everything, and uh, Marina Sirtis was so nice to Serenity and like memorized her name, and every time... Like it was a small convention and she was the only Star Trek person there. So anytime yeah. she was like walking around on the floor or we walked by the table, Marina Sirtis would go, Oh, hello, Serenity. And and just come up oh. and hug her and just make, make Serenity feel like she was the star of the Star Trek convention. It was like the best experience you could ever imagine. And uh, so uh, Rennie wanted uh, her action figure. So, uh, and she wanted to show uh, Marina that she got her action figure because she was so happy that she met her that day. And uh, Marina just said, here, I'll autograph it for you for free. And she was just so nice to Serenity. So, and yeah, she's a great person. Um, that makes me so happy hearing that story. Thank yeah, you. She's, oh man, she was just lovely. I mean, that's her job, but I really genuinely think she's that person, you know, because I've been to but conventions he- where people are not very nice. Even I, I was going to say, it's it's her job to act, and there's plenty of people that go to conventions that know it's their job to act, mm-hmm. and they're doing this as, like, I don't know, some kind of unpleasant side yeah. effect. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, Bruce Boxleitner. So yeah. <laughs> he was not nice. I, I, met, I met Bruce briefly. Was he nice to you? He wasn't nice to us. He, he was just, like, it, it was a long queue, and he was just doing his... Um, his, his Bruce Boxleitner smile, mm-hmm. um, his kind of cheesy grin for the camera, <laughs> and that was about it. I didn't get much out of him. Mm. Uh, so. The the other one, uh, Gates McFadden, which is I'm always thinking of Beverly Crusher. I think I had I've had a crush on her. I don't know if that's why they named her Crusher, but uh, uh, since season one of uh, Next Gen, I almost stopped watching Next Gen season two because there was no Crusher. Because, like, that that was my 13-year-old boy fantasy. And uh, the last time I I met her in person was, I want to say, a convention in Orlando. And, uh, you know, did the photo op again and again and do all that stuff. Went to her table, bought her stuff because I just want to be in her aura presence. And um, I think uh, Serenity and her mom were off doing something else. And I was, I think they had to go to the restroom, actually. And I was like, okay, I'll stand here. Don't lose me. And I was standing probably 15 feet in front of her table and uh, she came out from there. It was like a slow time and she came out from her table and she just came and stood with me and hung out with me. And like for that five minutes, I was like, this is my childhood fantasy come true. Uh, But in my fantasy, I was single and she was single and I was more attractive uh, and a little bit taller and had money. But (laughs) but I was like this, this, this moment in my life, I'm like literally just hanging out with Gates McFadden and it'll never be this good again. Yeah. Oh, I love those moments. Yeah, but gorgeous, gorgeous. And this was, you know, a few years ago. She was, she's still, you know, uh, getting up there. Oh my goodness. Beautiful, beautiful person. She was raising money for her uh, theater or something. It was really cool. Yeah. 
classic. Yeah. But yeah, Crusher, awesome. I'm glad I'm glad 20 questions got it right. It hasn't got it wrong for me yet. So but of course you and can't you, you can't right say very early on as well. Yeah, I, I guess you're right. I guess. Well, I'm like I said, she's always on my mind. I like Sub Rosa. I don't know why people don't like Sub yeah. Rosa. I like Sub Rosa. Hey. Do not light the candle. Do, like the candle. Do not light the candle. Uh but <laughs> Allison doesn't like Sub Rosa. Did you see her video on that? No, oh my I goodness. Think- yeah, I don't think a lot of people like Sub Rosa. Mm. I don't know the uh, the unconvincing uh, grassy sets. Yeah. Um, <laughs> well, before that episode, I think uh, one of my favorites was Remember Me, just because it's a Crusher episode. Yeah, you know, so there's precious few of them. All right, Remember Me is great. Yeah, that I love Remember really Me. Episode. Yeah, and uh, it's a trick ending every time. I, I I never guess the ending, even though I've seen it probably th- yeah thirty times. But and it has <laughs> one of my my favorite philosophies in it that I try and, you know, the line I'm talking about, yes. I try and live by this. I saw it on cross, a cross stitch once. And I was like, I must have that. Okay. There's you nothing say wrong with me, perhaps there's something wrong with the universe. If there's nothing yeah. wrong with me, perhaps there's something wrong with the universe. And I'm like, I think that many times during the day. So it, it could be. Get through the day sometimes. Yeah, it, it helps. Um, okay. So that was our Trek and tell and, uh, stories, uh, adjacent to them, uh, that we shared. Uh, did you ever meet those two late, lovely ladies? No, I've never met either of them, but I, I oh. hope to one day. Yeah. Yeah. I would definitely. I've met very few Star Trek personalities. Mm. Mostly very Doctor few. Who. You met Billy Piper most recently, right? I was so yes. excited for you. That was awesome. She was lovely. She looked yeah. lovely. She looked like she was just chilling in her house, in her living room, on her laptop, talking to Matt Dale. Yeah. That, that's a dream, I too. Met, um, you know, I, I met Will Wheaton, and he took a photo of me that ended up on his uh, Instagram. I'm so very pleased with that. And I've I, already told you that story a dozen I, times. I, I want to say I saw the picture of you dressed as every Will Wheaton character on his Instagram feed before I met you. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, that's, like, so awesome. Like, you meet your internet heroes. Yes. <laughs> and you're one of mine, so that's cool. <laughs> okay. Uh, speaking of such internet hero... Um, I'll let you go first. Uh, uh, on a one to ten scale, what is your rating for season one, episode nine of Lower Decks? Crisis point. My rating is this is City Alpha Nine. <laughs> That's pretty good. I like Thank it. You. I like it. I'm going to give it uh, coincidentally nine into controls and sativents. Sativents. These are the things that uh, boy, uh, that Rutherford and Bill, whatever, uh, yeah. what we're working on in the in the movie simulation to get the uh, to get the ship running again. You, you're good at this. I just referenced <laughs> a reference that wasn't actually in that episode. But yeah, but it's a Wrath of Khan reference, so it's only always valid. I think it's acceptable. Yeah. So the only reason I'm really giving it a nine, I really enjoyed it, but I want to still leave room for that perfect ten, just in case there yeah. is one. It's because we got one more episode to go, so I don't want to. I don't want to sell my load or blow my load. I don't know. Are those inappropriate sayings? I don't know. Uh, when it comes to the ratings, so nine. But I think every episode gets better of Lord yeah. X so far. I don't know if it's because I am. I know the characters more and I know the show more so I can enjoy it more without trying to figure it out and learn it. So I'm very interested to go back and rewatch the whole season and see if I feel as good about the early episodes as I do about the later episodes now. Yeah. There's, I, I think there's definitely a bit of that when you're 
when you're getting into a new show and every every episode gets better uh, so far yeah. the strongest first season of any star trek show i've ever seen right by far yeah i wonder if it's because it really feels like another like what mike mcmahon is famous for season eight of star trek the next generation which uh yeah. that's how he got the job are you familiar with that whole story I, I've heard of it. I've, yeah. I've not actually he, uh, it out. But. He had a Twitter account. That was uh, Twitter, yeah. Twitter account of season eight of Star Trek. And he would just give like brief TV guide synopsises of each episode. And uh, I think that's what got him the job. So yeah, he's great. I mean, couldn't be better. So looking forward to next week. Uh, what's next week called? Oh, you said no small parts. Yeah. For the season finale of Lord. I'm Dex. very excited for it. Yeah, it's going to be going to be good. Until next time, I'm Albie. I'm Matt. Maintain course. Thank you for listening to Trekaholic, another Star Trek podcast. Please support the show by going to patreon.com slash trekaholic. Send written or audio feedback to trekaholicpod at gmail.com. Leave us a voicemail at 305-707-TREK. That's 305-707-8735. And don't worry, no one will pick up. It's only for voicemail. Visit our website at trekaholic.com for more information. Trekaholic, another Star Trek podcast, is not affiliated in any way with CBS or Paramount. I'm your announcer, Zoe Dean. Trekaholic, another Star Trek podcast, is a Baron Space production. Hello! I seem to have a on my lap. Oh, is it is it your kitty cat? Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's she's decided she wants to play today. So, <laughs> are you are you uh, what is that called? A super villain that has a cat on their lap and just strokes it thusly? I'm trying. I'm trying my best. That's Wrong funny. movie series. Yeah, um, I don't know if, if Khan would have had like a little seti eel on his lap or something to stroke. <laughs> just got to wear earplugs if you have that as a yeah. <laughs>